Welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. This morning we have two readings, both from Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 1 to 16, and Hebrews 11, 32 to 40. Faith in action. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And this is Hebrews eleven thirty-two to 40. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, 
so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Thanks, Helen, and good to be with you today. Uh, as you know, today is the 100th anniversary uh, since the, the end of the First World War, uh, finished on the 11th hour of the 11th month, uh, and it's 100 years ago today. And there are so many things to remember from that war. And in fact, our focus today is on remembering, and remembering some of the heroes of the faith, remembering what they have to teach us, remembering other people who've lived according to their dreams, what they have to teach us as well. I don't know if you uh, remember the song that the Fury Brothers made famous. It was a song read that originated as a set of questions that came from World War I. Uh, they made famous in 1974. It was called The Greenfields of France. And it envisions someone going to the graveside of young Willie McBride and just asking a number of questions about this young soldier who had died back in 1916 when he was just 19 years old. And the, the opening paragraph goes something like this. Well, well, how do you do, young Willie McBride? Do you mind if I sit down by your graveside and rest for a while from the strong summer sun? I've been walking all day and I'm nearly done I see by your gravestone you were only 19 when you joined the Great Fallen in 1916. I hope you died well and I hope you died clean. Or young Willie McBride, was it slow and obscene? And so it goes on, ask a whole lot of questions from this, this person who's trapped forever uh, in this grave here and just ask, you know, did you know what you lived for? Did you know what you died for? Was it worthwhile? Did you leave someone who really loved you behind? Have you been completely forgotten about? Uh, what did your life actually amount to? And on this 100th anniversary, we remember the extraordinary courage of so many people who have gone before us. And yet we know that that particular war raised just so many questions. It was a war that people said would end every war, uh, the Great War, to end all wars. It was an extraordinary naive promise because we know that because of the, the very unequal terms of the Treaty of Versailles, which ended that war, uh, the Second World War was pretty much guaranteed even as that treaty was signed. And yet many more million lives were going to be, be lost tough for the millions of people who lost their lives, hoping that it would end all war, and yet it didn't, and there's just been one war after another after another. And we remember and we recognize that there are many, many, many lessons to be learned. We look back and we listen to the passage which was read to us today from Hebrews chapter 11, and it's also a passage which says, remember, think. 
and it's a passage which comes to a group of, of Christians who've been converted, uh, they're, 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 they're not, a, not a group of Christians, groups of Jewish people who've been converted from Judaism to Christianity. And they're facing some pretty tough times. And as they face their tough times, they're wondering, is it actually worth it? Is our faith worth it? Is it worth the sacrifice that we're going through? We've been opposed by our Jewish friends. They shun us. They don't want anything to do with us anymore. The Romans are starting to persecute us. Why are we actually doing this? Is it worth it? And as they ask their question, as they think about giving up, the writer of Hebrews, who, who probably wrote this book initially, it, it came as a sermon, and as, as a sermon is preached to, to, to this group of wavering uh, believers, uh, as it's preached to them, uh, the writer says, remember what faith is about. And, and, and remember that faith, and, and he gives this famous definition in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for we're hoping for it. We haven't yet received it. And it's been certain of what we do not see. And so the writer is saying to these people, I mean, when you came to Jesus, you were hoping for something. You put your faith in Jesus. And you recognize that at this point in time, you have not actually got it. And as you waver now, remember, you were called to faith. And faith is something that you have to hold on to. And you hold on to it, not expecting that everything will come by next Thursday. You hold on to it, recognizing that this is for the long term. And so as the writer is preaching to them, as, the, as they're wavering, as they're, they're wondering, you know, is this actually worth it? As he does that, he's saying to them, hold on to your faith. Hold on to your core convictions. Don't give up. And, and then he says, you know, okay, so let me try to encourage you in some way. How could I encourage you? Well, well in in thinking about whether it's worth holding on to faith, let's remember, let's trawl back into the past. Let's think of the lives of some of the heroes of the faith. And so this, this chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, is a, is a chapter of, of naming some of the great heroes of the faith. And we're told, well, remember Abel, who through his faith offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Or remember Enoch, who walked with God so closely that in the end he was no more because God took him uh, to be with him. Or remember Abraham, or Sarah, or Rahab. And, and, and the writer goes on and on saying, you know, these people are great heroes of the faith. They, they didn't really fully receive all that it was that they were hoping for, but somehow they saw in the distance uh, that which they were longing for. And so this is what he's saying. Now, faith has been sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is why we think that these people are great, great heroes of faith, because they kept going. They didn't give up, even though at times it was very difficult. And, and it's worth starting to think through some of these heroes of the faith, because as you think, think them through, you, you, you sometimes realize, goodness, they, they really did have faith. Take, take for example, Abraham. Now, now, Abraham is known as the father of faith. And yet, if you think about it, I mean, just, just think about if you had been Abraham, what did he actually see in his lifetime? He, he gets this call from God. And God says, leave behind your country and go to this place that I'm going to show you. And, and, and Abraham, I'm promising you this. You will be the father of a great nation and all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. 
And so Abraham goes and he sets off on his journey and he goes to this, this strange country. And as he goes there, years go by. And he's just a wandering nomad, just a farmer, kind of with his flocks going from one point to another point to another point. Well, well, I beg your pardon, there were lots of nomads. What's so special about Abraham? And in actual fact, he doesn't even have any children. And then miraculously, God does give him the birth of Isaac. And he goes on and he wanders around and he wanders around and he's a fairly successful nomad and he dies. So there you go. That's the life of Abraham. And you say, well, Abraham, Summer, what, what did your life accomplish? And as Abraham dies, you can say, well, I wandered around in this interesting country and had a child rather unexpectedly and died. And I was a successful nomad. And you'd say, well, beg your pardon? I mean, there are lots of successful nomads. Why are you considered so incredible and so, so, so famous? Ah, it is because somehow Abraham saw the reality that God had promised. And to Abraham, it wasn't just a promise in the future. He lived it in the present moment. And even though this nation had not yet, yet been born, and in fact, this nation was still hundreds of years off from being born, even though it was hundreds of years away from being, being, being born, Abraham somehow, we've been told, had the faith to live as though it was already real. And he grasped onto that, and day by day, he lived as though this was actually the truth. And he lived in the light of that promise, and he lived in the light of that, of that truth. And the writer of Hebrews is saying to us, and saying to, to the people who originally received this message, you're wavering here because everything that you've been promised hasn't yet happened. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. Hold on to faith. But the classic thing about true faith is that it sees, looks into the future, and it lives in the light of what it sees. And so I think that what the writer is saying to us is, is sense the dream that God has called you to. Do, do you know the dream, the thing that God is calling you to? Can you see it? Now, if you've got faith, live in the light of it right now. That doesn't mean that it's happening right now, because if it were, why would you need to have faith? But see the dream and live in the light of it even now. And he goes on and he tells of other heroes of the faith. And he tells that sometimes they even had to sacrifice great things. Sometimes you've got to do things even though there's a great cost. Sometimes things don't seem as though they're necessarily going to happen. Let, 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 let me give you a silly example. Uh, when I pastored uh, back in South Africa many years ago now, uh, there was a family in one of the church where, where, where I was pastor that, who owned a, a lovely beach cottage. When I say a lovely beach cottage, the cottage itself wasn't lovely at all. It was just a ranshackled little shack. Uh, but it was on a huge block, a huge block, and it was right on the beachfront. And it was just the most gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous setting that you could possibly imagine. It was lovely to be there. And uh, the, 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 the wife who had inherited this, this, the, the, this property from her grandfather tells a story that her grandfather had bought that block and bought that, that shack many years before and had said to her, whatever you do, just hold on to this, because one day this is going to be really, really valuable. At the moment, no one sees the value of the site here. It, I mean, bought it for almost nothing, but you hold on to it, and this will one day make you rich. Now, he died, and he'd been dead for many years. But in our time when we were there, that section of coastline 
just took off in terms of property prices. Uh, and Amschlange, which was birthed from there, just became an extraordinarily expensive, wonderful place. And they managed to sell that site for multiple millions of dollars. What am I saying for, from, 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 from that story? He bought it, was worth very little at that time. By faith, he could see, wow, I see this as actually the right thing. This location is going to take off one day. Don't know when it's going to take off, but it's going to take off. And you just hold on to this because it's going to happen, and I know it's going to happen. And decades go by, and he dies, and he says to his granddaughter, you hold on to that, my dear. Uh, I'm not a rich man, but you will be a rich woman one day if you just hold on to it and you don't give up. And that's exactly what happens. Sometimes faith is about seeing things in the future. And you can see them with absolute clarity. And you know that they are. And you know that God is calling you towards them. But it doesn't mean that you necessarily have everything happen for you in your lifetime. And so as these people are wavering in their faith, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you're wavering. But remember, this is the nature of faith. Sometimes you have to hang on in there. Hang on in there. Don't give up. Don't despair. And remember that you are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. And in fact, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, he's going to start with those famous words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that God has set before us. And, and we must be people who are willing to run with perseverance the, the, the race that we have, knowing that we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses who have often given up extraordinary things uh, for us. You can go through the history of the church and you can see that it's not just the heroes of faith that, that the writer here is talking about. Heroes from the Old Testament times. There were, were many heroes in, in New Testament times. There were heroes as the church was born. You can think, for example, in the second century of uh, Bishop Polycarp of Smyrna. Uh, he was a man who had served the church faithfully all his life. At the age of 85, he heard that the Romans were planning to, to execute him because of his faith. And people came to him and said, Polycarp, it's time to run. You must flee. And he said, well, how can I leave these people behind? I can't do that. At any rate, I'm 85 years old. How fast can I run? Uh, and, uh, and he's left for a few days knowing that, in fact, the Romans are going to, to kill him for his faith. And he decides to stay exactly where he is. And they come, and they come for him. And they, they're not keen to, to kill him because he's actually an old man, and this is the ancient world. And the ancient world did actually respect age. So the older you were, the more you were respected in the ancient world. And so they're, they're, they're quite reluctant to kill an 85-year-old, especially to put it, and they were planning to, to, to kill him by burning him to death. So they're, they're very reluctant to burn him to death. And so they, they, they give him the art, and they say, Polycarp, I mean, look at how you will suffer. This is a horrible way to die. All you need to do is to say that Caesar is Lord and all will be well. Deny the Christ and affirm that Caesar is Lord. And, and Polycarp answers in his famous answer, 80 and five years have I served him, and he has done me no harm. And why should I now deny him who has saved my all? And so they say, well, then, Polycarp, then you're going to be burnt to death. And they chain him. And they are going to chain him to the stake and burn him to death. And Polycarp says, can I, can I just have one request? And they say, well, what's your request? And he says, well, if I'm going to burn to death for my saviour, please don't chain me to the stake. Because if I must die for my faith, let it be love for Christ that holds me here and not chains. 
And they say, you mean you're going to just stand there and not try to run out as the flames come around you? And he says, I will just stand there. And that's what they do. And he just stands there and they burn him to death. Heroes of the faith. That happens in 156 AD. Take another of the heroes of the faith, Justin Martyr. Justin was a highly intelligent man. Uh, he was a Christian apologist, and he was a bit of an ethicist as well. And he looked at the Christian faith, and he looked at what it taught. And, and he did what very few people did in, the, in that time. He compared the, 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 the teaching of Christianity to the, 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 the teaching of the Greek or Roman um, philosophers, and he was able to see that some things that the Greek and Roman philosophers taught were, were consistent with Christianity and some things were not. And he, 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 he kind of put out a whole apologetic of, of you know, why Christian ethics were superior and gave a better life and why the emperor did not, need not to be afraid of, 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 of a Christianity which came and started to flourish. And he defended the Christian faith very strongly. But Justin Martyr was a, an interesting man because he realized that he was actually very intelligent and that, that when he spoke, most people didn't understand a word of what he was saying. And he was quite used to kind of this glazed look in the audience's eyes. And so he basically said to Christians, well, you know, these are the reasons that you can believe. But if people can't follow them, just remember, just live with such kindness and just live in such a way that people will believe that Jesus is Lord. And if you live with kindness, and if you live with courage, and if you are good to your neighbors, they will come to believe that Jesus is Lord. So here are the reasons, if they can understand them, but even if they can't understand them, just live out Christian love to one another. That, 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 that was the teaching of Justin Martyr. And you say, that's an interesting name he's got, Justin Martyr, such an interesting surname, Martyr. Uh, and he said, no, 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 hold on, Let, let's remember, the ancient world didn't have surnames. Uh, his name was Justin, but his title became Martyr because in the year 165, Rome, offended somehow by this reasoning, decided to put him and many of his disciples to death, and he became a martyr for Jesus. Uh, why am I mentioning these people? Because they are parts of the heroes of the faith. They die, they, they know what they have seen. And, and the writer of Hebrews says, actually, when you look to the ancients, you know, when you look to Abraham, when you look to, uh, to Sarah, when you look to Rahab, when you look to, to Enoch and them, I mean, you've really got to commend their faith because they have faith even though Jesus has not yet been. But he says to, to the Hebrew people, uh, you, you know, here you are, you actually see their example. And what's more, you see more than they see because you have seen the message and teaching of Jesus. And you know about the resurrection of Jesus. And you've been given this little foretaste into what lies beyond the grave. You have all these things going for you. And so therefore you should find your faith easier than they did because of Jesus. And, and you know what we would have to say today? And, you know, when we waver in our faith, we have to say, but hold on, you have the examples of the ancients, you have the example of Jesus, and then you have the example of the church and all the heroes in the life of the church and all, all this cloud of witnesses who've gone before who sometimes have been discouraged as well, who sometimes thought, well, maybe we should give up, but who persevered, who realized that actually faith is holding on to the convictions of things that you cannot yet see. But, who, but, but, but with faith, you know that what God has promised will ultimately come about. And so we see things. We see not just the resurrection of Jesus. 
We see the birth of the church, and we see the difference that that has made in the world. Do you know that it is only because of Christianity that every human life is valued today? Never taught until Christianity gets birthed in the world. And why does it get taught? Well, because Christianity affirms that every single human being has been made in the image of God, that everyone matters. And so you look at just about every human right that starts to get birthed, and it flows from this basic Christian conviction that God is the maker of everyone, and everyone matters, and every life has worth. And you say, imagine if that had never happened. Imagine if people had given up in faith. Imagine if they thought, it's just too hard, it's just too difficult. I mean, you can imagine uh, someone saying, okay, so here you are. You, you're one of the, these group of people uh, who are, are wavering and giving up in your faith. So, so tell us, why are you thinking of giving up? And you say, well, well, it's quite tough, you know. I mean, we used to be popular with all our Jewish friends, and we used to get invited to all the bar mitzvahs, and we used to have lots of fun, thank you very much. But now they shun us. And you know what? The Romans, they, they threaten us. And you know what? Some of us have had our property confiscated. And you know what? It's getting really tough. So that's why we're thinking of giving up. It's not really that hard to see. And a part of you would say... Okay, I understand. I understand. But what if the world was always filled with people who just wimped out? What if the world was filled with people who never had the courage to follow their dreams? What if everyone did what you were thinking of doing? Sometimes you've got to hold on to your convictions and just believe that in the end, God will see things through. I told you stories of heroes of the faith, and there have been so many of them. And we see a world, and as I say, today's Remembrance Day, and we remember people who have fought for many, many different things. Sometimes people have been quite disillusioned. The end of the First World War for many people was a time of great disillusionment. But no one denies the courage of those who fought. But what about those of us who look at something that has birthed such good in the world? Why would we give up? Why would we give up? And, and we have such a heritage of people whose faith has stood triumphant in the most difficult of circumstances. And it's not just back in the first and the second century. 1956, year before I was born, uh, Jim Elliot goes out as a missionary to Ecuador, goes out with another four people, a, a group of five of them, them go out. And they know that the tribe that they're going to is notorious for their violence and for their aggression, but they know that these people need to know Jesus. And they go and they fly into the area in Ecuador, and within a matter of a few days, they have been killed for their faith. Elliot's just a 28-year-old. And they find in his diary his very famous words in which he's written, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. And Elliot, who had been told by his friends, why are you doing this? This is a dangerous tribe. These are dangerous people. Your life is at risk. He said, yes, but in the end, we all lose our lives. But we can do something that can never be taken away from us. He leaves behind a young widow, Elizabeth Elliot, who herself returns to those people later on. And as you know something of the story, of oh, perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. But in the end, all that tribe is actually converted and comes to Christ, even though there are five martyrs who are left behind. It's a great story of, of faith and trust and 
of lives which were shared, but something incredible that gets birth from it. And I think that what we've been told on this day of remembering is remember, remember those who've gone before. And ask yourself, so what dream is driving me? And have I been caught by any picture that sees me moving out in faith? And do I have a dream that's big enough? And if you don't, ask God to give it to you. Ask God to give you something that's worth actually living for. A dream that can capture your imagination. But, but even as God gives that to you, remember that you will be called to be a person of faith. And that faith has been sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that is what the ancients were commended for. And that you've got to hold on to faith and you've got to hold on to courage and you've got to realize that sometimes it takes a little while to come about. But even as you hold on to it, remember you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And thank God that in the end, faith is rewarded, that Christ has died and has been resurrected and that this journey will not be the end and that he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. Let's pray together. Lord, today we remember, we remember those who've gone before us. Some have led very painful lives, and we thank you for those who are willing to sacrifice their lives for our own. Thank you for those who died that we can be free. Thank you for the heroes of faith who've gone before us, who held on to faith even though at the time it seemed obscure and difficult and they wondered what would happen. But now as we look back, we see how much was accomplished. Thank you, Jesus, that we can hold on in faith for all that you have promised. Lord, birth in us a dream so big that we can live from it. Give us faith that is strong enough to keep going day after day after day. In your name, amen.